Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. If you've ever trained for any big race by following a plan that's been set for you by a coach, you'll know the inevitable feeling of loss afterwards, regardless of how well the race has gone. I'm not talking about the loss you feel when the dog you love passes away. I'm talking about the loss of focus, consistency and drive to get out the feckin' door each day. Surely we don't need to go to a professional coach each time we want to build our own weekly plan. Well, today on Irishman Running Abroad, the great Sonia Sullivan joins me again to walk us through the ABCs of building and writing your own diverse, challenging, and dare I say it, fun weekly training plan. Is it as easy as ABC, Sonia, or is, is there more to it than that? It's not very difficult to write a training plan. The problem is implementing it and being accountable to yourself. That's kind of the big difference between writing your own plan and having a coach or somebody give you a plan. Is that when somebody gives you something to do, then you kind of have a little bit hanging over that you have to do it because you've got to report back and say how you got on. Mm, and so, I've said this, I have said this to a bunch of people. <laughs> the reason that you have got the results you've gotten from me and our squad is because of the thought that you're checking up on us. Yes, but that's true. But then the thing is, you there. there's kind of interim plans that you can do yourself. And a lot of athletes who've been running, you know, on the international stage this year, European championships and world championships and diamond league races, they will all be on a little bit of a break now. And, and when they're on the break, the coaches are generally on a break too. Right. And so... The athletes take a bit of a rest, but then then they don't want to get too unfit because if you get very unfit, then it's, it takes a long time to get fit again. Mm. It takes, um, read, someone said something recently. It says it takes a short while to knock something down, but it takes a long time to build it back up again. I mean, that's even for the elite. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. That was the, that was the most difficult period I ever had in my like training or my athletic year was you know you'd be so exhausted at the end of the season you couldn't wait to stop then you'd stop and you'd probably stop for too long Mm. and then it was a battle to get back and it's just you just lose the whole efficiency of running and it's like it's a weird thing it's like when you're I was talking to um athlete Patrick Sang the other night he used to do the steeplechase years ago, and he's now the coach of Elliot Kipchoge and Faith um, Kipchogon. Yeah. And we were talking about um, training and stuff, and I'm trying to think where I'm going with this now. <laughs> what are you talking <laughs> <laughs> oh, We were talking oh, about the yeah. layoff, right? Talking about... Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what was he telling <laughs> What did he say? We're all dying for this information, Sonia. Don't do this. I know, I know. And I, I didn't write it down, so now I'm stumped. Um, but it's like, it just takes you so long to get fit and to be efficient. That you can, you, you undo it so quickly. You nearly detrain at, at, at a quicker rate. Oh, yeah. yeah. And well, that's what happens with a lot of people. 
athletes when they're tapering for events is that you're actually detraining. And mm. um, well, I'll have to think about Patrick saying what he told me. The It'll other come day. back. It'll come back. <laughs> those, those nuggets, those <laughs> nuggets of wisdom he gave me. Yeah. Well, interrupt at any time to... during the, the podcast <laughs> to tell us what Patrick yeah. Sang said. We are yeah. recording this episode on what started out as the wettest Sunday <laughs> in the history of Ireland. And for the first time in a long time, Sonia's in Cove and I'm the one heading away to England this week. I'm hopping over to do some shows. I'm hoping to jump in and do the Bushy Park Park Run. And if any of our London listeners want to join me, you can meet me at Bushy Park next Saturday. And maybe we'll have the compulsory hipster coffee afterwards. And I'll have a little bit of Irishman running abroad merch with me to share with you. How does it feel to be back in Cove, Sonia, after such a busy year? Oh, it's great. It's, it always feels good to be back home, I think, to just to come in the door, close the door and, you know, you can just relax and mm. there's no urgency to go anywhere to do anything. Um, I normally am very good at unpacking my bag as soon as I get in, but this time I just was in no mood for it. So <laughs> because and, and the main reason was because I stayed up way too late on Thursday night after the final Diamond League and it was one of those days where, you know, you're, when you get up in the morning, you straight away, you can't wait to go back to bed that night. <laughs> <laughs> and I was most looking forward to going back to bed in my own bed, um, which was lovely. Um, and then I had a really nice day yesterday. Um, I went for a cycle with the Cove Triathlon Club. Uh, Mary had me booked into, uh, she knew I was coming back, so she told me it was on. So I was committed to meeting them at eight o'clock on Saturday morning for a cycle. I had no idea how far or how fast or anything that we were doing. Um, but when we met at the ferry, which is beside a very nice um, new section in Cove now called the Boatyard, where they have a bunch of containers and lots of restaurants and cafes and stuff. Um, so we met there and then we had a bit of a where are we going? And somebody mentioned Kinsale and I said, oh, yeah, Kinsale is nice. Totally forgetting that it's quite far away and there's a lot of hills involved. <laughs> and I and I haven't been on the bike in about a month or not on proper bike anyway. Um I've been on plenty of city bikes and um It's not yeah, the same though, is it? <laughs> it's not the same when you put the shoes and the helmet and the gear on and you're you know, locked in behind a, a group of triathletes who yeah. are, you know, out working there. Working away on it every it, week. To, to yeah. keep their average as high as possible on the way around. Um, so, yeah, I struggled a bit on the hills. and um, But it was amazing. It was, um, it was a real kind of makes you think when you're out there um, how mentally challenging things can be. Mm. Um, and I, this was definitely more mentally challenging for me than anything else because physically, I, I mean, I physically, it actually wasn't that hard. But mentally... When you go around the corner under the hill, you kind of hang in there for a little bit, but then the hill keeps going and it doesn't end. And when you're not really sure of the route, you kind of think, oh, I'm just going to spread my effort here now. I'm not going to kill myself. And, um, you know, you're you're kind of like doing enough, but I know I'm going to absolutely run out of energy if I really kill it the first half here. So I had to take it handy and... um, I had, they had to wait for me a few times. <laughs> oh, really? So you pr- probably had to get off and wheel it up the hill? No! 
<laughs> you, oh, you're no. insulted by the very idea. <laughs> but oh I, this God, is a 70 he... kilometer cycle you went on. You're a mad one. Like all of these other people are training and you went on this. Of course, they had to wait for you 70 kilometers to Kinsale from to, and back. Like you didn't just go to Kinsale and get picked up. You went no, back no, no, the no. way we went. To, we went some roundabout way. Like we went one way and came back another way, and then, so we just went right through St Kinsale. And I was kind of thinking, um, coffee stop, anybody? <laughs> <laughs> and they just kept going. And like Mary would be listening to this now, she'd be dying. <laughs> <laughs> What's the point in going to Kinsale if you then, don't get coffee? <laughs> yeah. I know. And then like so, we're straight in down the hill and back out up the hill. <laughs> Out the road, and but the amazing thing was so the mental like thing that got me was that um, I knew like I could hang in there every now and then, but the hills every time there was like a big long drag, it was hard work. But then and then we eventually came back around, and it was nine k signs and nine k to Cove. Mm. In my mind, I'm thinking this nine k to the ferry, okay. And I know once they go around the corner, um, down there in Raffine. That um, you know, it's just like head down and pedal as fast as you can. So I did I did that and I just got onto the back. And it was amazing because I knew where the finish line was. I had no problem keeping up. <laughs> once you but knew, yeah. Once I knew where the finish line was. And and that's like a, a thing for everybody, is like the te- the mental test that you go through when you're on like a half marathon race. Mm-hmm. It's like the finish line is just too far away. Yeah. And I'm sure that's what Neil felt last week when he started off on the half marathon. You probably felt it at times as well. He said, you know, this is just way too long. And you just have to keep breaking it down in your mind into yeah. small man pieces. And then, you know, get yourself to a certain point and you know that then you can lift and you can you can get yourself to the finish. I want to give a very big shout out to Helen Carr, one of our listeners who you know as well, Sonia. She's in the publishing world. And she told me exactly what you said, but put it in a different way. You know, the way sometimes when it's packaged a different way, it suddenly goes in. I obviously was heading off on a whim to do the Ratoth half marathon this Saturday past. And she just said, run it one mile at a time. You've got to be present in the mile that you are doing rather than thinking of the mile that's ahead or what the finish line's going to look like. She advised me just to stay within the mile that I was in. And that was, you know, that was heaven sent advice and uh, it really served me well. Um, Is that the kind of breakdown that you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. You definitely need to break things into smaller pieces. And I mean, and sometimes not too small. Like I was even thinking last week when everybody was doing the Larn half marathon afterwards, I was sorry that I didn't give the 5K breakdown. Like I think sometimes if you break it into four or 5K sections, and you know what time you should be hitting for each 5K. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's easier to hit that than to be worried about each kilometer because each kilometer can vary. You know, mm-hmm. if there's a bit of wind, if there's an uphill or a downhill. But like the spread over a 5K, you should be fairly close to where you want to be each 5K. And, and that's a good way of doing it. Well, this episode is really timely, uh, I think, because an awful lot of people will have done their run, whether you were aiming for a half marathon in or the marathon in Dingle, uh, if you were in Ratoth this past weekend, 
I think an awful lot of feeling are this kind of mental <laughs> mental breakdown or certain raggedness that kicks into you. We discussed last week uh, when does a niggle become an injury? And I do think that that's kind of part of this come down that we spoke of. I had about a 48 hour period last week where I was convinced that my ankle was bunched and I'll never run again. I spent 48 hours Googling all manner of ankle injuries. And then I just this thought jumped into my head. I'll do the Ratoth half marathon and it will, you know, exercise the demon that's in my head from Lauren. Um, I I did it. I, 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 I went over and just did it. Thanks to Ronan Wogan for squeezing me in. I sat on the shoulder of the two hour pacer, literally on his shoulder. I think he must have thought I was weird because I literally was like, don't you go anywhere. I just want to do this at a very slow pace. And honestly, Sonia, it was joyful. It was really joyous to feel like I can do this distance and I'm not going to die when I do it. And then, of course, I had to, you know, be the big big man and drive up to Louth and do Michael Kinahan's annual 5k in Dramiskin, which was a bananas idea. But it was fantastic fun to meet Michael up there and all of his crew, the two Ashlings, and uh, just to get around a really flat, fast course in, you know, I've told you about this off air. Like I started off terribly at this thing and I, I wanted to know if you've ever had this experience where you're in so much pain starting a race, but by kilometre three, I, I kind of just wanted it to be over. <laughs> so I stopped running slow, figuring out that running slow was more painful than actually running fast. I ran the first three kilometres in six minutes per kilometre and the final two in about 4.15, just because I wanted it to end. <laughs> and bizarrely, I felt better after it. Is that an experience you've ever had at any point, Sonia? Well, I think, you know, you're being able to turn it round, you had, you know, the finish line was in sight, so you were able to lift again and you knew that, you know, if you ran a little bit quicker, it probably wasn't going to kill you. And whereas when you started 5K, you were thinking, oh, this is going to be hard work. Yeah. So again, I think it was the mental versus the physical was was playing a game with you there. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I wouldn't be recommending everybody to go out and run two races every weekend. <laughs> but I suppose you can you can do it every now and then. And um, you know, if you enjoy it, then then that's fine. Um, and you know, you feel good afterwards, and that's even better. Well, I think um, a few but, listeners uh, were expecting you to give me a bit more of a bollocking today on the show. <laughs> if that's as bad as it's going to get, I promise I won't ever do it again. Uh, but I do recommend everybody does that Dramiskin 5K next year. If you're trying to beat your PB and you want to go to an actual race to do it, it's so flat and so fun, Sonia. And there's such a run down a hill to the, the finish line. If you're around next year, I thoroughly recommend it. Shout out again to Michael Kinahan and all the organizing people involved there. I couldn't believe Ronan Wogan at Ratoth just doing the best job organizing this event and, you know, staging all the technological side of it, the chips and all of that that go into it. And here he is again up in Dramiskin in Louth at it right till the sun goes down. It's an incredible thing that he does. MyRunResults.com is where you want to go to find out about any race in the country that they're involved in. He does a hell of a job and he provides the medals, bibs and all the rest of it. If you'd like to organize a 5K in your area, maybe he's the man to go to. 
is the the first question around writing your own plan, Sonia? Is it's is it important? Which is more important at the start, knowing your fitness goal or having an actual race goal? Well, a bit of both. Every time when you write a training program, you have to assess where you're at and where you want to go to. Right. And and then and every training program will be quite different for everybody. Like even though we were doing a general program for a lot of the listeners, um, there was tweaks in there for everybody to manage it their own like paces themselves. So, you know, that's a little bit of interpretation of programs and and that's the thing when, you know, you pull a training program off the internet or in a magazine, it they're only as good as the interpretation of them and how you interpret it and how you interpret it to yourself. So there is a certain portion of figuring out where you are. Is some of the before, like the before you even put pen to paper, actually thinking about who you are as a person and what your life is? Because sometimes when you pull a plan from a magazine, it doesn't know that you've got three kids and that the dog is sick and this week's going to be a bit weird. Surely the benefit of writing your own plan is that you can actually take into account these things. Yeah, that does help. And I suppose that's also a helps when we give out a program is that people can then, if they get it on Sunday night, they can interpret it and work it around their week. So, mm. you know, Tuesday doesn't have to be the session day. It doesn't have to be Tuesday morning. It can be Tuesday night, it could be Wednesday morning. You know, you can move these things around. Yeah. As long as you do it in a, in a sensible way. Um, but yeah, a training program has to fit around the lifestyle. Um, but then that doesn't mean because you write it yourself that you can, you know, compromise everything. Like yeah. you do have to set some parameters of, you know, this is what I've got to do and I have to find this time to be able to do this properly. And it's just blocking off little bits of time for yourself throughout the week. And, you know, and then also having days off that you appreciate when you have a day off, that it, it gives you that much more time to do the things that you need to do or the things that you've been rushing on other days to get them all done. Right. So, so then if we're talking days off, then surely, again, before you put pen to paper, do you have to go, right, well, I'm definitely having two days off. Do you have to start by thinking how much time off do you want? Or do you do the opposite and think, well, I need to run five days out of the next seven? Um, well, yeah, you have to decide, OK, how many days am I going to run? And then that will determine how many days off you have. Right. OK, <laughs> so, so both, better, both provide better, the same answer. <laughs> It's better to talk about what you're going to do rather than what you're not going to do. <laughs> Depending on how much you enjoy your days off. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. So uh, get us started here. Is it like to me, most let's assume that most people are doing their long run on Sunday. Is that a that's a good assumption to start from? Yep. Well, long run is definitely on the weekend is a good idea because most people will have most time on the weekend and one of those days you might be running a race but if you're doing a block of training then you should definitely set aside a long run on the weekend right so so nearly you could start whatever whatever you're planning is it like it's not a bad idea then to start by not by the the calendar monday tuesday you're nearly better to start with the long run 
to kind of bookend the, this training week. Yeah, that's all, it's always a debate with runners. Do you start the week on a Monday or a Sunday? Hmm. And I think I would still always start it on a Monday. Okay. It's kind, of, it's kind of nice to start on Monday and you finish on the Sunday and you've got this big block of a long run and it just puts a big, nice top up on your weekly mile. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know what you're saying, but I guess I'm, I, I'm more into the idea of if you, if you went Sunday to Sunday, then you would. But then you, then that would be eight days. That would be eight. I'm, t- I'm changing the calendar, Sonia. <laughs> <laughs> We're now working eight day weeks. <laughs> Sunday to Sunday, long run at the start, long run at the end. Yeah, you feel like a legend at the end. But I did two long runs. You're counting each Sunday twice then. (laughs) Yes, yes, that is what I am proposing. (laughs) But either way, that's what's going to happen. Do you need that day off the next day after the long run? Or does that all depend on how long the long run is? Yeah, well, the thing is, if you run your long run Sunday morning and you know, if you get up early and you run it and you're finished even by 10 or 11 o'clock, then you nearly have a day off by the time Monday comes around and you could run Monday evening. So you don't really need to have a day off on Monday. We just do that just because it was easy to do it. Mm. And it was kind of nice um, to have the day off on the Monday. But you don't have to have a day off after the long run. Mm. Sometimes it actually feels good the day after a long run to go for a shorter run. Or for two shorter half-hour runs, can feel pretty good. Or you might do a shorter run and go to the gym. People are going to be shaking their heads. Are you seriously suggesting two short runs on the Monday? <laughs> this, this is bananas. <laughs> I've never seen that on the plan. A two-a-day to start the week. Just, yeah, do, there you, you do, go. do people do that? Like, are you are, like who is doing that? Is my question. Is that what Jessica Hull is doing, or is that what you are actually saying club runners do? Uh, some club runners would do it, but yeah, mostly elite athletes would run twice a day. They'd probably run twice a day every day except Sunday. Right. And so they, they just take that Sunday afternoon as their big rest day. Okay. Okay. So yeah. that that yeah. that Monday short run, uh, in terms of, you know, the significance of each run, and you know the way you've often said that once you know why you're doing each run and each run has a purpose... It's much easier to get out and do it. What is the purpose of that short Monday run? Because I could imagine if any run is going to fall by the wayside, it could likely be that one. Um, well, I suppose it's nice to start the week with a run um, and to, you know, bank, bank a few kilometers or miles. And um, sometimes it's just nice not to break the routine and the habit of running. Mm-hmm. Um you know, straight off the back of the long run. And and it's definitely, it's a recovery run. The long run is a hard run. Sometimes it's equivalent to a session. It can really take a lot out of you. So a very short, easy run on Monday could be just the thing you need to really bring yourself down from that. And and that's part of the thinking when you're writing a, a training program as well, is the training motivation. Like, what's your motivation for the training program? Why are you doing it? And then once you know why you're doing something, then you have no problem convincing yourself to get out there and and run every day. Okay, let me ask you about two overarching um, guidelines that we've had on the show before. The first is the 80-20. 80% of the running during the week needs to be done at that easy conversational pace. And the second question is, how much of it 
ideally is done on grass. Some people don't like running on the grass or soft surfaces. So again, that's going to be personal. I mean, my personal thing will be as much soft surface as you can do, the better. Really? Yeah, but that's what I like. So then I would kind of, I suppose, try and, I would always talk to people and say this, but some people run on the road all the time and they have no problems. And they don't mind it at all. Yeah, I met well, a woman I the other day who said that to me. I was standing next to a GA pitch watching a, a challenge match. And I said, I, I run around this pitch. She was like, I hate running on grass. I was like, who hates running on grass? But apparently you're right. Some people, some people yeah. do. But, uh, but it has to be very smooth grass or yeah. a nice trail, right? It has to be fairly even. Mm. Um, so then some, you know, in this past summer, a lot of the grass fields and parks and trails, they're probably being hard as a road anyway. Yeah. And, and you're likely to twist so your high. ankle on that. Yeah. Because yeah. it was and it's so really, uh, hard. And yeah, it's, it was really like that over in London, like the parks were all pretty hard. Um, but now after the rain we've had recently, they should all be softening up again and turning cross country. So I, I, I suppose the other thing is it depends on what you're training for. So if you're training for a cross country race, then you need to practice cross country running. If you're training for a marathon, you definitely need to do some runs on the road to get the feel of that um, so that you're prepared for it. Well, I think we need a whole cross country episode. I think I've had a few emails from people going, why don't you run cross country with us this winter? Tina turned to me and said, you hate the mud. What are you talking about? You're not going to do that. <laughs> but sometimes I you think. Just hate, I think you just don't like getting your shoes there. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. I, d- I don't know who you think I am, Sonia, but I don't mind. As long as those shoes are intended for getting muddy, I'll get them muddy. Uh, but I think cross country is something that we've we've never done on this uh, journey. So I'm mad for it this year. Again, we've put the we've cast the net out to you guys to throw in your suggestions for runs that all of our listeners and Strava Running Club could take part in. So if you know a cross country run or event that's coming up, please email in irishmanabroadpodcast at gmail.com as quick as you can. And we might include it in the uh, six race series that we're putting together that culminates in Cove on April second uh, at the Sonia 10 mile road race. So let's get to the session before we head over to Patreon for the second half of the show. Tuesday is definitely good to put one in at the front end of the week. So Tuesday is a good day because if you've done your long run on Sunday and then you've done a recovery or rest on Monday, then you're ready to go again on Tuesday with a bit of a session. So you break it up into the warm up and the warm down. That's always there. That kind of stays the same every time. 10 to 15 minutes, maybe a few strides, drills, you know, whatever you need to do, stretching. You get yourself warmed up and ready to run a little bit faster. Some people like to change their shoes and so you you can take the time to do that. So sometimes a session run could take a bit longer than the actual discipline of the the session. Because by the time you warm up, you have a doff and you do a bit of stretching, strides, change your shoes, have a drink and get going, then it's amazing how ta- how much time you put waste in there, <laughs> taking your time changing your shoes. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, I'm the king of that. Going, going to the bathroom and... <laughs> yeah, yeah, having a little swig, it can, putting on a sweatband. It can be an ordeal, <laughs> the whole thing. But in terms of that session yeah. there, you, like, there's obviously a bunch of people probably screaming at the podcast right now. 
yeah, but what sessions do I do? Where would be a good resource for somebody to find a variety of potential sessions that they could throw at themselves in that space? Well, you you know, all the sessions, I mean, you could do the same session every week, but people get forward and they like to do things differently. So the main session of the week is a kind of a longer session. So it's probably about 20, 25 minutes of you know, decent running. And a lot of that would be actual pace, which is your half marathon pace. Now you can decide if it's your large half marathon pace or your... <laughs> Ratoat half marathon thing. <laughs> yeah, the Ratoat one was kind of horizontal, so don't worry about that one. Uh, yeah, we we should be able to ca- calculate our threshold paces using one of those calculators. Yeah, using your best five k time, but uh, twenty five minutes or so uh, yeah. with various different repetitions. Yeah, so you break it up into pieces, and so it could be like six times three minutes with one minute rest. So that's like twenty four minutes, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Right. So that. That's a very standard one where you do six times three minutes, you have one minute rest um, between each one and it's at threshold pace. So it's really just playing around with numbers. So you can think about this when you're out in your long run sometimes, how to break up the session. And, you know, you could do things like four times six minutes. But if you want to do a longer session um, or, or um, four times five minutes, which one minute rest in it. So you just play around with the numbers and that can depend on where you're at with your training, where which race is coming up. If there's a race coming up, then you might do the longer session, might be a bit shorter stuff, or you do half longer stuff and half shorter stuff. Um, but that's, I suppose that's where it's always nice to have somebody tell you what to do because they're taking that decision out of your hand. And that is what people are missing, Sonia. Let's be totally honest. The people that have been in touch with me loved having it arrive in their inbox. And I'm sure you liked that experience back in the day when the facts came through. It's reassuring, it's relaxing, it's cozy. But what you're doing here with us now is giving us the confidence to write our own plans. And in the second half of the show, we're going to discuss what the second half of the week should look like. And I'm going to put to Sonia the question of, what someone training for the Dublin Marathon or London Marathon should be thinking of at this point, seven weeks out from the event. That's all on patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad. It's how we make the show. It's that simple. If you want to support our show, continue this show and allow it to continue to be great. Come on over to patreon.com, get the episode notes each week and the full Sonia O'Sullivan half marathon training plan. All of the training sessions all of the uh, weekly plans. If you're looking for plans, there's 10 weeks of those right there for you to enjoy all for a fiver month. We can't do any better than that. So come on over, patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad. One of the keys to like maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise wise. Imagine, you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress. 